Hello and welcome to another edition of the Who Says No NBA Trade Podcast. My name is Colin Ward-Henninger. I am an NBA writer at CBS Sports. We are in the middle of the NBA playoffs. Well, not the middle. It kind of just started, but it's been really fun. It seems like it's been going on for a long time. Somebody who actually took a mental break and didn't watch an NBA basketball game tonight, which is a, a much larger accomplishment than you're probably giving credit for. Sam Quinn, another writer at CBS Sports, my co-host, near and dear to my heart. How was a day without basketball, Sam? Well, I sorely needed it, Colin, because as you know, I picked the Los Angeles Clippers to win the championship. Oh, no. It's not looking great right oh, now. Oh, no. <laughs> to be fair, I was not the only CBS writer to do so. Our colleague and friend Brad Botkin also picked the Clippers. So at least I'm not in this alone. But things aren't looking great for me right now. So what I did today was... I woke up. I woke up much later than I normally do because, you know, I got to sleep in because I didn't have to work. And I just got in my car and I drove. And after an hour, I just found myself in the middle of the desert as if I was on some sort of spiritual journey, hoping to reconnect with my basketball soul. I don't know if I did that, but I'm feeling more confident in the Clippers than I was, let's say, 12 hours ago. So, yeah, I'm ready to pod about those very Clippers. I think the Clippers Clippers fans are probably hoping that Paul George is going to take a drive out in the desert and kind of find himself at some point here. But the, the Clippers are in bad shape. They're down 0-2, lost the first two games at home to the incredible Luka Doncic and the Mavs supporting cast who is somehow shooting 100% from three-point range. Um, but if you're talking about the Clippers, you're talking about playoff woes, playoff demons, and you have to talk about the fact that Kawhi Leonard can opt out of the final year of his contract and become a free agent this summer. Sam, we got to talk about this emergency pod. Is Kawhi leaving the Clippers? I think we both still think the answer is no, right? I think we would both agree that there is literally nothing that can happen in this series that would make Kawhi likely to leave the Clippers, right? Like, even if they get swept... I think we would still put the odds at Kawhi returning to the Clippers at well above 50%. But this is a transaction podcast. There aren't that many transactions during the playoffs. So we're just hitting the panic button and diving right in and assuming, let's say he decides he wants to look around. We've got some teams for you that we think he might fit with. But for now, I, I do agree with you. He's not leaving. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine that he would leave. My only thought is like, if they get swept then that'll be, what, seven playoff losses in a row dating back to last season. And if Kawhi came to L.A., you know, obviously he wanted to come home to his, his native Southern California. He picked his teammate, his co-star, and Paul George. Uh, from all everything that's been said, the Clippers have bent over backwards to accommodate him in terms of travel and his own injury management staff and all this stuff. They've done everything that they asked that he asked of them. And if they're not winning, I just think that would be the only thing that would say, hey, look, maybe I made a mistake coming to the Clippers. Uh, they obviously were on an upward trajectory. But look, man, if they go out uh, with a sweep in the first round against the team that they basically wanted to play, they, they lost and tanked to get here. I could see him thinking twice about this. Maybe Paul George isn't, you know, the teammate that I need. Maybe the Clippers aren't the organization that I need. There's some pretty attractive options out there, as you'll you'll cover shortly. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think you touched on a very important point. It's not just that they're losing. It's who they're losing to, right? I mean, last year they didn't even get to the Lakers when all season we're talking about the Battle of L.A. Well, the Lakers showed up and the Clippers didn't. This year, the Clippers go above and beyond to avoid the Lakers. And lost I, I Houston don't normally... and the Thunder. That is but not, not just an easy that task. They lost to those teams. If you haven't watched the Clippers Thunder game from the last day of the season, I would highly recommend it as the single most enjoyable bad basketball game that I've ever watched. Daniel Oturu, who I would not blame you listeners for not having heard of, Stug. got blocked eight times. <laughs> eight times in one game. Were they so, all Moses Brown or did they spread it out a little bit? I, Mo, I think Poku might have gotten one in Poku. there. Speak of which, Poku was incredible in that game. And I mean, I'm not going to reveal exactly what was said, but our colleague James Herbert is is a very big fan, and he was very very excited. So kudos. Nin to him Nineteen year old Poku lives for the tank tank matchup. <laughs> that guy just thrives well, in that scenario. Well, what I what I remember thinking after that game was like, 
I, I think of Batman and Bane in The Dark Knight Rises, where Bane looks at Batman and goes, you think darkness is your ally, but I was born in the dark. It's kind of like that with the Clippers and tanking. Oh, you think tanking is your ally, Thunder? No, no, we've been doing this forever. <laughs> it is weird. It's also weird that, like, I don't know, you know, I've heard a lot of people kind of, you know, chime in on the debate of, like, should teams do that? Like, should playoff teams be losing on purpose at the end of the year to try to kind of finagle these matchups? And a lot of people say it's, it's bad. It's a bad idea. It's bad karma. Gets your team used to losing heading into the playoffs. So, who knows? But look at the reverse. The Bucks did the opposite of this. They went into their matchup with the Heat on, I think, the last Saturday of the regular season. They could have tanked that game and avoided the Heat in the first round. They said no. They played everybody. They whooped them. And now they're up 2-0 in that series. Like, I've seen this said on Twitter that the Bucks and the Clippers are combining to give us the firmest evidence yet that the basketball gods exist. So, I mean, I'm not going to go that far. I think there's a lot of other explanations for what's going on with the Clippers right now. But even as somebody who picked them to win the championship, even as somebody who, even now, down 0-2, plans to bet on them to win this series, no, I can acknowledge there is a very good chance that they not only lose the series, but like their next two games are on the road. They didn't lose two games in Dallas. They lost two games at home. They might get swept. So if they do get swept and Kawhi Leonard decides to leave, the first thing on everybody's mind is going to be, well, he's got to go to the Lakers, right? He's got to join LeBron and Anthony Davis. He missed his opportunity. Sam, tell us why that is or is not possible. It is not realistically possible for a few reasons. The Lakers are so far above the cap that there's just no realistic way for them to create max cap space. I mean, even if you just had LeBron and Anthony Davis, they make so much that you couldn't fit a third max in there, at least with the way the cap is structured now. And how much Kawhi can get, too, because Kawhi, after this season, will have 10 years of NBA experience, which means he can get 35% of the cap. I'm projecting that at $39.4 million. There's a little bit of wiggle room in either direction there. But essentially, the Lakers can't create the cap space. They can't do a sign-and-trade because that triggers a hard cap. And the Lakers went through that this year, and they saw how tough that was. If they were willing to get rid of everybody else, then maybe you could make it work. But that's not really feasible. We're going to talk about another method in more depth. As, as it pertains to a team that you're pretty familiar with later on. Mm-hmm. But there is one other thing that Kawhi could theoretically do to get to a team that's above the cap. It's what Chris Paul did in 2017, where he essentially conducted his free agency before free agency began. So for those who aren't familiar with the Chris Paul situation, in 2017, he had a player option with the Clippers. And the assumption was he was going to opt out of his contract and become a free agent on July 1st. That's not what he did. He decided on the team that he wanted to go to before free agency began, which was the Rockets at the time. He's obviously moved around a fair bit since, but he decided that he wanted to go to the Rockets. The Rockets did not have the cap space to sign him. So what he did was he went to the Clippers and he said, I will opt into my contract and allow you to trade me to Houston, or I will opt out and you will lose me for nothing. The Clippers decided it was better to get something for him. So he opted in and he went to the Rockets. The advantage of doing that is that it does not trigger a hard cap, so there's no realistic financial constraints there. As long as you can match the salary, you're good. But also, the option number is almost always going to be smaller than the free agent number. So for Kawhi, his free agent number this offseason, it's going to be around $39.4 million, maybe a little bit more. His option number is $36 million, so it's a little easier to trade for him in that scenario. The reason that the Lakers can't do this is that they have very little matching salary they have Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Kyle Kuzma, and Marcus Saul, who combined to get to a little under $30 million. So already you're in, a, you're in a bind there. You'd have no other players. You might have Montrez Harrell as well if he opts into his contract, which is a separate conversation. Do the Clippers want Montrez Harrell? It doesn't seem like it. Montrez Harrell might re- retire from basketball if he doesn't right. get more playing time. So the Clippers wouldn't want KCP. They'd probably want Kyle Kuzma, but not enough to trade him for Kawhi. Um, and the Lakers don't really have picks to send. They'll have the number 22 pick this year, which is pretty decent, but they can't send out the five picks that other teams can. So, I mean, never say never. Maybe Kawhi says he wants to play for the minimum. You know, maybe the Lakers pull a rabbit out of a hat. On paper, there isn't a realistic way of getting him to the Lakers, but the conversation about the Lakers that I want to have is, does he regret not signing signing with them in 2019? Because at that point, They just had max cap space. They could have signed him with LeBron and AD. He chose the Clippers. 
What do you think he thinks of that decision now? It, it's got to be weird for him because uh, I think, like all the stuff I mentioned earlier, the, the Clippers have kind of, you know, rolled out the red carpet for him in every way possible to get him to come there. It seemed at the time like the Clippers had a more well-rounded roster. Obviously, we saw last year that that might not have been the case, and they ended up trading away some of the players to, that made that roster well-rounded. Um, but I do think that him playing with LeBron and Anthony Davis was never really an option for him. I don't think that that is what he wants out of his basketball career from here on out. Um, he's, as you mentioned offline, he's not chasing titles anymore. He has a couple of them. Uh, he has a finals MVP. I think he feels pretty solidified in, in that sort of legacy. I think he wanted to go to a franchise that he could be the star of, that he could kind of dictate, you know, what happens. If he's on LeBron's team, it's LeBron's team. So I don't think he regrets it. Uh, if they get swept, uh, ask me in a couple weeks and maybe my answer will change. But I think right now uh, he's probably still happy with his decision. What do you think? I'm very, very split on this because I agree with all of your logic. And I think that is what he wanted. But when you think about this, you know, 10, 20 years down the line, if Kawhi had signed with the Lakers, now you're talking about a team that is maybe winning three, four, five championships, depending on how well LeBron ages. Like, you're looking not at five, like, not, not six, not seven. Well, LeBron might get up to eight at that rate, right? <laughs> if he had Kawhi. And then so, they get Bronny and they just keep going. But my point is, like, that team would not have just been a championship favorite. They would have stormed over everybody last season. Now, the emergence of Brooklyn this season would have created a really fascinating economy. Oh, man, economy that there. would have been so much fun. That would have been the single most talented series in NBA history, right? Like, there's never been a series with more, like, A-list Hall of Famers. Maybe, like, the peak, peak Lakers Celtics of the 80s. Like, that's the only other thing I can think of. I could never think of, oh, maybe the first Thunder Heat when it was Durant, Westbrook, and Harden versus LeBron, Wade, and Bosh. Like, that's basically what you're looking at, except everybody would be in their prime this time. So right, that would have been one of the greatest right. series of all time. I maintain that that Lakers team would have won the title, even over Brooklyn, depending on how the supporting guys goes. But they would have kept Kyle Kuzma, and they would have kept Alex Caruso, which is all they would have really needed. Like, you could have signed seven minimum guys after that. So, I mean, personally, if I were him, it's something I would have considered, especially if being home meant as much as it did to him. Because remember, if you're a Laker legend, like you're never paying for dinner in Los Angeles again, right? Like if he wins two or three titles with the Lakers, who cares if he's not the best player on that team, right? I mean, Kobe wasn't the best player on his first three championship teams. How do Lakers fans feel about Kobe? Like, I don't know. I feel like all, all Kawhi would really have to do to cement himself as like a lifetime Laker legend, just make one or two big shots in the playoffs, which he's done a million times. So, yeah. I mean, and if I were about- something I would have thought of. Think about how easy it would be. Like, you watch him with the Clippers, and sometimes it's just such a slog, particularly in those fourth quarters, and he just has to work so hard, and it's like, oh, you got LeBron and Anthony Davis on the court with you. I think it would have been a little bit literally everything that the Clippers don't have, right? Like, what have we talked about the Clippers lacking? A playmaking point guard. Well, LeBron is the best point guard in NBA history, if you're going to call him a point guard. And they've lacked a no, true— Isn't like, Russell Westbrook better. the best? I'm not, I'm not getting into this with you. <laughs> just not today. I have too much on my mind. Um— and then they've lacked a two-way center that can shoot and protect the rim and switch out on the perimeter. Well, Anthony Davis is the best at that in NBA history. So it's, it would kind of be the perfect situation for him. I mean, if you want to talk about load management, he could play like 30 games a year. It'd be just fine. I have another hypothetical for you before we dive into other teams. All right, let's hear it. Let's talk about the Paul George trade a little bit. We talked about this on the Tradies, one of our first podcasts, where he handed out awards for trades. I called the Thunder side of the Paul George trade the trade of the year. Let's play this out a little bit and say, what if the Clippers hadn't made that trade? What if they would have kept Shea Gildas-Alexander, all of their picks, and they would have had some, oh, Daniel Gallinari as well, and they would have had some extra cap space. I assume they would have used that to sign Danny Green, just because he was waiting for Kawhi, presumably because he wanted to follow Kawhi. That's my assumption anyway. Where do you think the Clippers are now if they just don't make that trade? Well, considering they also just signed George to this massive extension, it's like, they they have no so I mean we're talking about if Kawhi Leonard leaves like if Kawhi Leonard leaves they they're done like they have no future they have no picks they have no good young players like what are the Clippers going to be if Kawhi Leonard leaves so I mean I think from that perspective they're probably regretting the George deal a little bit but again we just you you have to tie it in and say 
you know, if they didn't make the trade for George, Kawhi wasn't coming. So, right. No, I'm just saying, like, yeah. let's imagine a world in which Kawhi said, let's say Kawhi did what LeBron did, which is he went to L.A. and said, I'm cool with waiting. I'm sure you'll figure it out. Where do you think the Clippers would be if that was the case? Yeah, I don't think they make that trade then. I mean, I, you don't need to talk to me about Shea. Like, I was asking earlier this season when Shea was healthy, like, is Shea better than Paul George right now? And I got laughed out of the room, but at least the fact I was asking the question, he's really, really good. And with all those picks, they would have, you know, just lined up well, to, they could have gotten James Harden. That's what that was what I was going to say. <laughs> and not only do you get James Harden, you prevent Brooklyn from getting James Harden. So now you've not effectively knocked out the other favorite. You've gotten a player that theoretically fits a lot better with Kawhi. Man, like you're looking pretty good. And even if it's not James Harden, what do you think Portland says if you offer them Gilgis Alexander and five first for Damian Lillard? Right? Like you could get a star for that package. You're you're in the conversation for any superstar. Right. Basically. And I mean, this is the going way too far down the rabbit hole thing. But Kawhi recruited a fair bit during that free agency period, right? We know he called Kevin Durant. We know he called Jimmy Butler. He called all of the other free agents trying to get somebody to go with him to the Clippers. Here's another hypothetical. What if Jimmy Butler says yes? Or what if Kevin Durant says yes? And they get two max guys without having to trade anybody. Now you're talking about a dynasty. You know, you can only go so far into the hypothetical past. Why don't we talk about the hypothetical future? What team is Kawhi Leonard going to? Okay, we talked about the Lakers. Obviously, that's not going to happen. I have a list of four teams in realistic position to create something close to max cap space that are possibilities for them that I think make any degree of sense. There are teams with max cap space that we should mention, like the Thunder has max cap space. I'm pretty sure Kawhi's not going to the Thunder. <laughs> San Antonio Spurs have max cap What? No, space. don't even. Too soon. He's not going to go there, but... It would honestly be an awesome fit because they have such good young role players. Like, all they really need is a superstar. Man, that would be super fun, but it's not going to happen. We're going to go in reverse order, start at the bottom of my list. Number four is the Dallas Mavericks. So the Mavericks have a sort of complicated cap situation. The short answer is they can get to max cap space, but it's going to require some sacrifices. They have Josh Richardson on a player option for around $11 million dollars. They have some guys they can dump, as listeners of this podcast know. I love trading Dwight Powell. They could trade Dwight Powell's $11 million when they need to create space. But the thing that's hanging over them right now is that they probably want to keep Tim Hardaway Jr. Now, if you, if you have a chance to get Kawhi, sorry, Tim, like go on your merry way. But as it stands right now, Tim Hardaway Jr. has a $28.5 million bird right. So if you want to keep him, that's how much he's costing on your books until you sign him to a new deal. That is the one thing that I think they would maybe hesitate just a little tiny bit if they had to create cap space for Kawhi, but the Mavericks can make the space. The question is, will Kawhi want to go there? We don't know. The basketball fit, though, would be basically perfect, right? Like, Luka is exactly the sort of star that he would want to play with after this Paul George experience. 100%. Uh, It's also hilarious that the Mavericks could sweep the Clippers, causing Kawhi Leonard to leave. And then there's he precedent for this. Join the Mavericks. There <laughs> is precedent be... <laughs> for this. It's Durant in Oklahoma City, right? Or in Golden State, right? That might be the alt. I mean, that's I guess Golden State was a little bit different because you were good joining a, you know, a 67 win team or whatever. But uh, Kawhi joining the Maverick. I mean, Luka Doncic, Kawhi Leonard and whatever you could get from Chris Tepps Porzingis, which is a yeah, I was gonna different, say that different point, topic. I mean, you're probably trading Chris Stapps for depth at that point, right? Because you're saying our top two is so good that we don't need to take the gamble on the possible second star. Yeah, I mean, but then that's, you know, the three. It's got to be three, right? Everybody's doing the big threes now. Well, I guess with Brooklyn being the way that they are, like, okay, then I guess that makes sense. You got to ride that out. Where would the Mavs be in the Western Conference if they had Kawhi, Luka, and Porzingis to you? Ooh, that's, that's a good question. Um, I mean... If, if Kawhi's healthy and playing, you know, whatever percentage of games he plays now, I think they're vying for a top seed. Yeah. My thought on the matter is they would be the best regular season team unless the Warriors traded for another star. Then you could maybe talk me, talk me into Golden State. The Lakers, I think, are going to take a step down as LeBron ages. And then the playoffs just depends on how good is LeBron and how good is Anthony Davis. Right. If they're as good as they were last year then the Lakers are always going to be the favorite in the West. 
If they're not, I could see Dallas winning the West. Then you're talking about how do you slow down Brooklyn? Well, Kawhi's a very nice start. You just have to fill the rest of the roster out with good defenders, good 3 and D guys, because Luca's handling your playmaking load. Like, he's doing all that already. It's just about filling out the roster behind them. Now, Kawhi did play in Texas before. He played for the Spurs. He left for California. He made it very clear that's where he wanted to go. So I'm not sure that that would mean much to him. Now, in basketball terms, I think Luca is the best teammate that he could realistically get to through free agency. We're going to talk about another guy down the line, but that's kind of a pipe dream. But if you're looking at some of these other teams, they're teams that don't really have that true, true A-list tier one guy. Luca is that. Like, if Kawhi goes to the Mavericks, there's a good chance that he's not the best player on that team. I don't think anybody else can offer him that. That's what's crazy about, like, the Mavericks, because Luca is so good already. Whereas, like, most of these, like, teams, you're going to have, like, a young guy, like a John Morant or something, be like, oh, you know, in, in a few years, he's going to be amazing. But, like, Luca's already that guy. So it just completely changes the Mavericks, like, calculus on, like, you know, their timeline doesn't really matter because they have a, an alpha MVP candidate who can be the finals MVP right now is like a 22 year old. It's just crazy. I brought this up in Slack the other day during one of their games. We saw Luca last year, clearly be the best player in a series against Kawhi. And so far this year, he's been the best player by a country mile. Yet. If you ask people to rank their best players, most people put Kawhi ahead of Luca. Are we a hundred percent certain? Like that's fair. Are you sure you'd rather have Kawhi than Luca? I think just because of his defensive ability, but that that's a discussion to be had because he's not guarding Luka Doncic. And right. if you're the best two-way player in the NBA, supposedly, and you're about to go down 2-0, aren't, aren't you locking up the other team's best player? So obviously well, Luka's a different animal. But The fundamental issue in that series for the Clippers is that they always have one or two really bad de- defenders on the court. So he can always hunt somebody. And it's not even bad defenders, right? Like, Patrick Beverly is a very good defender. He's just too small for Luca, right? As Luca so, pointed out after that. Yeah, layout. exactly. So it's just they haven't been able to get the matchups right. And since they have so little rim protection, that becomes so much more damaging. Yeah, quick but, sidebar on that. What, why isn't I thought Abaka was going to be like a big part of this. What's, what's going on with that? He got hurt, but like, it's not I, I ready. I really I can't tell. He's, he hasn't been as good as I would have thought. Like, frankly, I thought when they signed him, like, wow, this is somebody who he's going to make them a much tougher matchup for the Lakers. He's going to really spread out the offense. Zubats is like, he was their best center all year, even when Ibaka was healthy. So maybe Ibaka is just like not quite as good anymore. Like, played, which played five like, minutes last game. Like, well, that's, not- <laughs> that's a bit much, right? Like, but are, like I, we might have overreacted a little bit in the sense that like he wasn't starting last year. Like maybe we overreacted just a little bit. That's fine. I just like I thought like that was the whole point of getting him was to add this new element of like shot blocking and uh, like a stretch big on offense. And they're just like not using him. I don't know. I thought he played well I, in one. Yeah, I, I don't know how healthy he is. I mean, he might it might just be that none of them are working like Zubats isn't working either. I, I don't have a good explanation there other than it, it doesn't fully seem like he's healthy. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here no, to talk that's not about what we're here to talk about. But my one last thing on Luca versus Kawhi, I think that's a situational thing where Luca is probably more of a floor raiser and Kawhi is more of a ceiling raiser. Where if you just want to like win 52 games and have somebody who can carry as much of the offense as possible, Luca's going to do that. But if you have other stars, like, man, there's nobody better to put alongside another star than Kawhi with his defense and shooting. So you agree with that? I agree. I think that's a yeah. good assessment. And obviously, you're looking towards the future and whereas. Luca's trajectory just goes off the page. We don't really know what Kawhi is going to look like in the next few years. Luca's ceiling is Michael Jordan, right? Like that's how high this goes. You're the I know best player of all time. Like that's what the ceiling is. I'm not saying he's going to get no, there. No, I, I mean I think like, based on how good he is already and the way that the game is headed, the way that the NBA is headed, it perfectly catered to his skill set. So this is going to sound a little sacrilegious. I watched third-year LeBron James. Luka Doncic is a better third-year offensive player than LeBron James was. Sam just said Luka's better than LeBron. Print it. Yeah. <laughs> Aggregate it. Although Headlines. I don't think the aggregator is coming after us. He's yeah. better on offense in year three. Can LeBron's our own ceiling. aggregators aggregate us from this podcast? That'd be pretty cool. Well, can I ag- aggregate my own? You aggregate yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, isn't that what they were doing? I'm not getting into this. I, I don't want to talk about other media companies. Um, no, anyway. No, it's fine. No, uh, 
But yeah, my point uh, is, yeah, Luca. that's how good Luca can be. So if you want to sign up for a star teammate, I think guys should be looking at him. But anyway, on to our number three team. This is the only team on this list that has absolute no questions asked max cap space. In fact, they have far more. If they really wanted to push it, they could get up to like between 50 and 60 million in space. That's the New York Knicks. I want to point out before we start talking about the basketball side of things, when Kawhi was hurt that whole year, that last year with the Spurs, he did his rehab in New York. Mm. I personally think familiarity is something that really matters to him. I mean, that's clearly recently went to the Clippers for partially that reason. So I think the fact that he has such an experience in New York means something. I think if this were going to happen, if this were going to actually happen, the of uh, the rest of the Knicks cap space and all of their assets would come into play because I don't think he'd want to go there to play with Julius Randle. I think he would say, you guys go trade for whoever else, Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, whoever the other star is. Use your extra cap space, use your picks, use your young guys, whatever. You get that other guy, and then I'll come too. So just, I think that's basically the, Paul Georging them, just doing the same right. thing he did. He'd be Paul Georging them, but the issue is. I mean, number one, they'd have to presumably keep Randall in this arrangement, so they'd have a third guy. But the other part of it is, like, the Knicks are so... I guess the Clippers were like this, too. They're so desperate that if somebody did Paul George them, I think they'd be fine with that, right? If you could get Kawhi and Bradley Beal, who cares what you give up? Oh, yeah. I mean, if it's Beal, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm wondering if it's, like, like what's the next tier down yeah. that's, like, a well, let's say this desperate ploy? Let's say the Wizards say, okay... We will trade you Bradley Beal for R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, Mitchell Robinson, and five first-round picks. If you're the Knicks, that still leaves you with Beal, Kawhi, and Randall. That's a pretty good place to be, right? A hundred percent. I'd do that. Yeah, every, like a thousand do that every times day of the week. Yeah. And I love Emmanuel Quickly. Julius Randall is, I mean, really, really grown on me. He's been such a joy to watch as a native New Yorker. You do that every day of the week. Do you think if they couldn't get the other star? Do you think that there's any chance he would view Randall as that kind of guy? Do you think he'd look at Barrett as somebody who could maybe get there? I think maybe, but I think coming off of the Clippers situation where he got the guy that he thought was the guy and they still couldn't win, I think if that's the case, then he's probably not looking at Randall with, with a lot of excitement. I think, well, or, yeah. or Barrett, for that matter. I think Randall would be an awesome third guy for him. I don't think he would look at Randall's a viable sidekick. It's also like, what is Randall with like next to a good player? Like he, he, he controls the ball so much. His usage rate is so high. Like, but Kawhi controls it so little relative to most stars, right? Like if you have a point forward type next to Kawhi, Kawhi, it's not like he's, it's not like Randall's playing with LeBron here. Yeah, but he's not like Randall's not going to be running like dribble handoffs with Kawhi. Like they're not going to do that sort of action. I don't know. I think Kawhi's a little more ball dominant than, he, I'm not saying he's not ball dominant. He's not Clay yeah. Thompson, but he's also yeah. not LeBron. Somewhere in the middle of that spectrum. Yeah. Here's the other part of it. I cannot imagine a worse coach for Kawhi Leonard than Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> Could you imagine? Like, <laughs> like I, I don't think has Tom Thibodeau even heard the word slowed management. Like that dude is not letting Kawhi sit out 25 games a year. I'm sorry, it's not happening. He's playing 40 minutes when he's on the floor in the playoffs. He might honestly play all 48. Like. I think there would have to be a very stern discussion with Tibbs about how you're managing Kawhi at that point because Kawhi's old rules and Tibbs' rules, they don't really mesh. Did you hear that? I think it was on uh, Windhorse podcast. They were talking about the Clippers, and they were saying how Kawhi like, basically tells the coach, like, hey, take me out, bring me back in with five minutes left, and I'll, go be, I'll be able to go hard. Like, Can you imagine trying to say that to Tom Thibodeau? <laughs> what he would say? Imagine, crazy. imagine any player. <laughs> any circumstance thanks to Tom Thibodeau if you do this I will be able to go hard he would lose his <laughs> mind how dare you insult the basketball gods by not playing hard every second of yeah, every just coast it's so weird man uh, uh, the Kawhi situation is so he's such a strange player these last few years or like he just had that run in Toronto where he just ascended to like we were at, like having legitimate conversations like is this guy better than LeBron Obviously, LeBron completely buried those, but now he's like this guy who everyone acknowledges this incredible player, but then also has the load management, and we have no idea what's like really going on with his knees and his legs, and he's always got some sort of hampering injury. Uh, it, it's just a very, very odd career. Well, that's the other advantage of the Knicks, though. 
is that we've seen a Randall-led Knicks team get a four seed. So in theory, if he goes there, he can load manage because they can win games without him. It's just, will Thibodeau let him? What will that arrangement be? It seems, I, I think Thibodeau would probably like relent a little bit because it's Kawhi Leonard and you have a chance to win the championship. But I, I think that would be a sort of uncomfortable marriage at first. Man, with the, the Knicks were the number four defense this year. If you add Kawhi to that, like, they could be really special defensively. Especially just, if they take, manage to keep them well. Just take a step back real quick. That Like, we're talking about the Knicks as, like, a potential free agent destination for the best players By in the, the way, league. I mean, whether it's, it's real or not. Just, it's the fact that we're talking about it. It's not just a destination for one of the best players in the league. It's stealing that player from a team that just signed him two years ago. <laughs> A big was, market team. He was considered not, a, a, a title champion, a championship favorite last year. They're not stealing some guy from Orlando at the end of his second contract. This is a guy who like specifically engineered his way to get to the Clippers. And the Knicks would steal him from them. Like That would be very, very impressive. But obviously, Knicks, we man. don't think that's going to happen. Big come up. Stop spitting on Trey Young. But other than that, everything's fine. Number two, I have the Miami Heat. I wasn't quite sure what to do with them because they're in this weird situation. They just made the finals. They looked way worse this year. I don't know how much of that was, you know, COVID injuries, a worse roster, how much of their run last year was bubble inflated. But A, they have two other stars, one of which Jimmy Butler is like the absolute perfect guy to put next to Kawhi because Kawhi never has to say a word if he's on Jimmy Butler's team, right? Like Jimmy Butler will be the, the loud vocal leader. Bam is the perfect center to put behind him. His playmaking would be very, very helpful there. And I think Heat culture would do a very nice job of keeping him healthy, right? Like, everyone in Miami is so fit. I think that could extend his career a little bit. So they'd be a contender. It's a warm-weather city. I think there's a lot to like there. From a cap perspective, it's a little tough because they have no realistic way of getting to true max space. That Bam Adebayo extension, we've talked about it a lot on the show. It costs the Heat a chance at true max cap space. They probably did it thinking... We're not getting Giannis, so we're not going to need it. Well, maybe they might have needed it for Kawhi. So I think it's far likelier that if they were to get him, it would be through a sign-and-trade. They have all of these big contracts on team options that they could just pick up and send to the Clippers, maybe alongside Tyler Hero, maybe in a double sign-and-trade with Duncan Robinson. I do think the funny thing is, looking at the Heat cap sheet, it's not just Jimmy and Bam that are costing the max space. They also have $5 million in dead money. To Ryan Anderson clogging oh, up. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, oh, Remember, no. they had to stretch Ryan Anderson to make the Jimmy Butler trade work. Wow. So that, that could come past. back to haunt him a little bit. Yeah. Has anyone ever so they're not a, gonna have a faster space. fall from Grace, man? Remember, he was like one of the first guys who was like spacing like three, four feet behind the three point line. Everybody's like, man, how do we guard this guy? He's 6'10, he's three feet behind the line. What do we do? And then he was just I like gone he, from the league. He was kind of a novelty for a little while. Then he gets that huge Rockets contract, and it's like, wow, the Rockets value him as like almost a star, like a high-level starter at the very least. And then they play the Warriors that next year, and they can't even keep him on the floor, right? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Like, we forgot about that. He has to guard somebody. <laughs> Remember when he played in Game 7 with Chris Paul out, and Curry just like abused him for two and a half minutes? Sad. Yeah, like that's what happened to Ryan Anderson because he couldn't play defense. But Shout out Ryan Anderson, still making some money. Still cashing them checks. Heat fans, if you're looking for somebody to blame that you don't have max space, it is Ryan Anderson. <laughs> or that, the- that's why they don't have true max space. But a sign-in trade is, is feasible here. Now, I don't think Tyler Hero is quite the crown jewel that he might have been a year ago. But if you're the Clippers and the alternative is losing Kawhi for nothing, well, actually, you know what? Part of me thinks you call his bluff and you say, we know you can't get to the Heat. We know you can't get to the Mavericks. They don't have true max space. Like, we know... The only team you can sign without right is the Knicks. We're calling your bluff. We're not trading you. You can either leave, you can stay with us, or you can go to a team that has true space. So what's it going to be? That would be crazy. I do think the Heat for me would be, I think, the most realistic destination, at least in my mind. It checks all the boxes: good culture, championship organization, warm weather, um, superstar teammates. I think it's got, depending on how you feel about Jimmy and Bam, but. Uh, I think it checks all the buttons. It also, remember like a couple months ago when we were talking about like, oh, do we really want to trade Tyler Hero for James Harden? Is that, isn't it crazy that that like conversation ever took place? I remember I tweeted at the time that I would do it. I would trade Tyler Hero for James Harden, but I would hate myself for it. 
I hate myself for tweeting that now. <laughs> Want to guess how like raked over the coals by Heat fans too? Yeah. Well, no, I got raked over the coals by both sides because there were Heat fans saying we will never trade Tyler Hero, and there were smart people saying, "Sam, you would trade a hundred Tyler Heroes for." You would <laughs> Why would you hate Tyler. yourself for it? Right. You would trade a Tyler superhero for James Harden, right? Like, nice. guess how many minutes he's played against the Bucks, by the way? 30. 37. Stunned. He's played 19 minutes a game in a playoff series against a team that he played very well against last year, right? Like, yeah. Hometown, too. He's in his hometown. He scored 37 points in a playoff game last year. This series, so far, he's played 37 total minutes. It's not great, and I'm not saying I would write off Tyler Hero. If somebody is still willing to trade a star for him, just do it. Don't think about it. Don't hate yourself for that. Yeah, he's and I think he's still like because of what he showed in the bubble. Like teams, very desperate teams, could definitely convince themselves like, hey, we, we're still getting Tyler Hero. Like that's something. Um, but would, yeah, his, his value is probably decreased quite a bit. Right. It's if you know you're losing the guy, he might be more appealing than some of these other packages that you get offered, but. You're not super enthused if you're trading Kawhi Leonard for Tyler Hero. So, <laughs> guys, but yeah, I do think the Heat that would be. I could see him going there more than any other team, in my opinion. I know they're only number two on your list. I would very much like to know what that recruiting pitch would be like because we're used to the big flashy. Like you've heard all the Pat Riley stories. He drops the rings on the table. I think it was Tracy McGrady who he said like he took him on a boat from his house to Alonzo Mourning's house, or maybe it was vice versa. I can't remember. Like, you've heard all the great stories about Pat Riley. Kawhi isn't somebody that, like, likes those super flashy things. And what we heard during the last Kawhi recruiting pitch was that he didn't like that stuff was leaking from the Laker pitch. So, I don't know. Like, I'd be very curious to hear, like, what is that conversation like? Yeah, if, it, if it's, like, totally quiet. Like, we're never going to see this coming. And they're just going to, like, bring him to Miami and show him, like, the training facilities. Being like, wow, there, look, look at our staff. Well, this, is, this is what we're going to do with you. Not even showing I actually basketball think, court. What I actually think would happen is I think Jimmy would have it wrapped up before free agency. Like, I think if they're both knocked out in the first round, I think Jimmy's getting on a plane to L.A. and he's not leaving until Kawhi comes back with him. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. Just bring some big face coffee and just, like, hash it out. Although, who knows? Like, Jimmy seems to want to play with Kyle Lowry, so maybe that's, like, maybe that's what he's trying to do. Jimmy will be recruiting this offseason. I'll put it that way. God, Jimmy, Kawhi, and Bam. Could you? Oh, oh. How would that trio look against Brooklyn? My goodness. We want to talk about offense versus defense. That is just, that's incredible. Yeah, well, I mean, Jimmy's playoff struggles so far, notwithstanding. I think he earned his credit last year in the well, bubble. But I think the problem for him, first and foremost, this series is that Giannis has just swallowed him whole. Giannis can't defend Jimmy if Kawhi's scoring 40. Jimmy does the, like, dribble to the, like, towards the baseline and stop and then, like, like desperately hang on to his pivot foot and then try yeah. to spin around. He does that so much. It's just like, I don't know if he's confused or like, he's a, he not travels with doing that. By the yeah. Way. He, he drags his pivot foot for sure. But yeah, yeah. I, I was just, it stood out to me. I'm like, why is he continued to do this over and over? Well, I mean, especially in the buck series, like with these heat shooters, just not, well, they didn't game one and game two. They were bad. If the heat aren't making their threes, they're not getting anything in the arc right now because Giannis is just like, this is defensive player of the year, Giannis, we're seeing. We didn't see this all regular season, but Giannis has been the best defensive player of the first, I don't know, five days of the playoffs, and I don't think it's close. Like, even this is what he's doing now. I don't think he quite gets to the level that Anthony Davis got to last year, but I think he's been as good as basically anybody else. If you're not counting Draymond Green in the, in the bubble, or in well, the no, play that, sorry. Draymond in the play-in game, it was like it was honestly like the Warriors had six guys. Like that's how good. That, that's what it felt like. He was everywhere. He's a very good defensive player. Uh, we might might talk about him later. Uh, who's Boiler. who's number one team? Number one team on my list. I know you disagree with me on this. It is Kawhi's former team, the Toronto Raptors. What? So I know what you're thinking. I know, oh, if he wanted to stay there, he would have just stayed there then. Yep. Oh, it's so much harder to get a guy through cap space than through bird rights. They'd have to lose Kyle Lowry, yada, yada, yada. I think if Kawhi is leaving the Clippers, it's because it's an admission in his head that he made the wrong decision by leaving the Raptors in 2019. I think he gained a lot of comfort in that organization, in that city. He is beloved in Toronto, even after leaving. There is not a single Canadian 
who dislikes Kawhi Leonard for leaving. They're just so thankful for what he did when he was there. I think he could go there, and no matter what he did, he would be a hero. As for the cap space, they're a little bit short right now. If they renounce Gary Trent and then get rid of all of their non-guarantees, they're looking at around $33 million, which isn't enough for Kawhi. If they keep Trent, they're at like $28 million. If they really want to get to true max space, they're going to have to get rid of one of Van Vliet, Siakam, and um, OG Ananobi. Maybe you sign and trade for one of them and keep Kyle Lowry's rights. Like There are a number of different ways you could go about that, but I think if he leaves the Clippers, it's because he realizes he had a good thing with the Raptors. And whether it's with the Raptors or somebody else, he wants to recreate that. If you if you have to get rid of uh, Van Fleet, Ananobi, or Siakam, who would you pick? Man, that's tough. I, I think I would... Oh man, this is so tough. In a vacuum, I think I would probably get rid of Siakam. That, was my, so that was my first thought, too. He got so much better as the season progressed, but he's so inconsistent that... I don't know. I, I guess he's just not the one I would rely on. Especially because I think OG Ananobi has developed into such a great player. And I think he's one year away from like really mastering the ball handling and becoming more of an on-ball scorer. I think if you're getting Kawhi, you might think about getting rid of Ananobi because they overlap so much. Like right. Kawhi won a title there with Ananobi basically not playing in the playoffs. I think he might have played a few token minutes at the end because he had, he had what, appendicitis? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he, I think he played a few minutes in the finals, but he barely played. I think if I think your argument there is we won without OG before, maybe we can win without OG now. I think he needs a point guard, so Van Vliet you want to keep. Now, if you can find a way to keep Lowry, maybe through a sign and trade, then you could maybe fudge it and say, Kawhi, you're playing the two, and it'll be playing the three, Siakam four. I I think I would still probably lean Siakam, honestly. I think Ananobi is that good. But it would ultimately depend on what can you get for those guys, right? Like who do you think is paying the most for one of those guys in terms of like cheaper players? Ideally, you're trading one of those guys for somebody on a rookie contract, like somebody who can contribute for you right now, but it just has a lower cap number. So I don't know. What do you think you can get for those guys? Well, so they they wouldn't be part of like a sign and trade. This would just well, be I'm clearing, clearing space. Yeah, we're talking about the clearing space route. We can also talk about the sign and trade route. I think the Clippers of those guys would probably want Van Vliet the most. But I think if, if you're going outside, it would very much depend on the team. Like, wh- where do you think are fits for those guys? Like, what do you think their value is around the league? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, so if you're looking for, like, a younger player. I, uh... I think before, la- before the draft last year, I suggested the Timberwolves trade the number one pick for Pascal Siakam. Anthony Edwards has gotten too good. I, I don't think that's remotely possible now. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about teams that maybe had high picks recently, but it's like a, like a Lowry marketing or something like that. I mean, he's a restricted free agent, so the bulls can't really do that, but um, like that level of guy. Yeah. Like some, I mean, man, Lowry, I, I don't know how he would work in the playoffs, but I, I think I get what you're saying. I'd probably want to shoot a little bit higher. Uh, and the other thing is you have to be able to make the numbers work. So that's tough. Um, I wonder Cam, if you Cam could, Johnson. Well, you could make the numbers work on that. Um, I'm wondering if there's a Knicks trade for Barrett because Barrett's also Canadian, but I don't think that the Knicks would be interested in that. I think they like Barrett's star potential. Um, maybe you're working with somebody's trade exception. Maybe you'll do a three-way into somebody's cap space. I'm trying to think of what team. Okay. Oh, maybe, you know what? I, I might actually have something here. What about Cleveland for one of their guards? Like, what, one of the yeah. four, like, maybe Ananobi for one of the guards. This is assuming Lowry's gone? Uh, let's say, yeah, assuming Lowry's gone. Let's say you trade Ananobi straight up for Darius Garland. You keep Van Vliet. And you, you say our top four, our top five, because you can keep Trent, really, is Darius Garland, um, Kawhi, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, and Gary Trent. I could get down with that. Yeah, I think the Cavs need a defensive forward, so I think that's something that could maybe work. Obviously, there are a ton of teams that need a defensive forward, so finding takers for Siakam or Anobi, that wouldn't be too hard. What about the Grizzlies? What about Dylan Brooks for Pascal Siakam? We do know that the Grizzlies have a t- Oh, they're never trading Dylan Brooks. Not after this postseason run, man. That guy is the heart and soul of the Grizzlies. Desmond Bain's not good enough, so I don't. maybe there's not something there. 
the Grizzlies package together like their 12 top quality NBA players who never get to see the floor because they have too many guys. The point is there are going to be suitors for these Raptors forwards if they ever like really put them out there because defensive, like I don't want to call them three and D guys. I think they're both more than that, but guys who fit the three and D mold at forward are just so hard to find that I'm sure you'd get a number of pretty interesting offers. So I don't think clearing the space would be that difficult. Now there's the sign and trade route. If you're the Clippers and the Raptors are saying, pick one of those three guys, who are you picking? And we'll say there are picks involved too. The Clippers get to choose? Yeah, we'll say the Clippers get to choose any one of those three, and then they get some selection of first-round picks. Well, it's the Clippers, so I'm guessing they would pick Van Vliet. Well, I don't know, because Van Vliet has probably the least like star potential of the three. Maybe you take Yeah, but they, I mean, for what they need, like we've talked about there. Right, but like, what is your, what is your goal if you're the Clippers and you lose Kawhi? Because you don't have any picks. You can't really tank. Are you trying to be a 50-win team? I think, honestly, what I would do if I were the Clippers and I lost Kawhi is I would go the Houston route and I would just say, screw it, we're tanking anyway. We're going to trade Paul George. We're going to trade whatever we get from the Raptors. Get a bunch of picks back. But in the process, you're also clearing a bunch of cap space and now you can just go back into recruiting mode again, right? And say, we trust that we're LA and we can make this work. Yeah, that's what that was going to be my question is like, is that after an, another failed, you know, shot at, at a championship caliber team, like, are you still going to be a destination? Like, if you if you completely bottom out, like, I feel like you would still need to keep like Paul George or somebody to like entice someone to come there. They're not just going to be like, all right, I'll be the first guy and we'll start it fresh. You know, because think- like, even Brooklyn was, like, pretty good before they got those guys, you know? Well, that's my point. People have short memories. Like, players have short memories. The Nets were terrible for years. They had one year as a six seed, and all of a sudden, they're a destination, right? The Knicks were a laughingstock before this season. We just talked about them for Kawhi earlier in this episode. It doesn't. Yeah, but the, the arrow's going up. The Clippers arrow will be going, like, no. down through the bottom of the floor. Right. But I'm not saying you try to recruit right now. I'm saying you start tanking. You get rid of George, you get rid of whoever you get from the Raptors, you get rid of everybody, just stockpile as many picks as possible. And remember, wait, so what was, they they don't have control of their picks at all, right? They're all unprotected swaps. I think so. You could probably get some decent picks for Paul George, memes aside. You could probably get some decent picks for Van Vliet for, you know, pick whoever they end up getting. You know, I, I think they could put themselves in a position in a few years where they have a couple of decent young guys and they have max cap space. And you get somebody who just says, I want to be in L.A. I don't know who that is, but I'm saying I think you can get somebody that way. Yeah, I think that's a dangerous game to play. <laughs> you go the tanking route hoping that, oh, well, we'll still get a free agent. And you know, a team that's, you know a team that's been very bad and trying to get free agents for a long time. We have one other team to talk about, and I think I might have a solution to all of these problems. But Woo-hoo. we're going to talk about the Warriors, which are your team. Yes, it's yes. Me. The I Bay Area is going crazy. As soon as the Clippers start losing these games, it's Paul George trades, it's Kawhi Leonard trades. Let's get Kawhi to the Warriors. What do we have to do? Wiggins, Wiseman, both first-round picks this year. It's done. I don't think that they would do that, but I do think there is a trade that could entice the Clippers. Are you ready for it? It's a, it don't don't even – I know what you're doing. What is it? The trade is Clay Thompson and James. I knew it. I knew I you were going to do this. Okay. I know that you don't want to do that. I know that you don't want to break up the Holy Trinity, but that's kind of the perfect situation for the Clippers, right? They get somebody who they can sell to their fans. is like, we got another star. Yes, he's injured. Yes, he's on a big contract. But not only is he a, like a you know, top 20, 25 player when he's healthy, he's also an LA native. So the Warriors couldn't trade Clay to like Orlando, but if they traded him to LA, he might be okay with that. If you're the Clippers and you can get James Wiseman too, you can also kind of start to sell hope a little bit, right? Say, like, for now, we're building around Clay and Paul George, but we have this other guy who could be very good and maybe help them get over the top in a few years. Or if he looks very good, we can trade him for a third star. And if you're the Warriors, like, look, I know you don't want to give up all that much, but if you could have Curry, Draymond, and Kawhi while keeping all of the picks, you're in pretty good shape. Maybe then you trade the Minnesota pick, your own pick, other picks with Wiggins. For a fourth star. First of all, how dare you? You want to talk about basketball karma? This is a discussion that we were having earlier in this this very podcast. 
You're going to take a guy who has given his heart and soul, his blood, his pain, his tears to your organization, coming off of a torn ACL in the NBA Finals in a game that he almost single-handedly won for you, comes back, works his ass off, then tears his Achilles, has to sit out a whole other year. Then you're going to trade him when you have a chance to have a pretty good team? I just... I. That's some cold-hearted, you know what, man. I'm not I, just, I can't see that happening. I'm trading him to his hometown team, which which you're going to be better than and probably beat in the playoffs. Well, I still think that could be a pretty interesting situation for the Clippers. Like, obviously, it would require more moves, but I think if you have if you have Clay, Paul George, and Wiseman, even as just a trade chip, I think you're in a pretty interesting position there. To like, maybe you're not a championship contender, but you're not too far off either. And I think you could stay good enough that by the time this generation is done, teams or players rather think of you as a competent organization that they maybe want to go to. So I think that's just setting up a period of sustained success, which the Clippers probably need. And just looking at this from the Warriors perspective, like, I'm sorry, I'd much rather have Kawhi Leonard than Clay Thompson, James Wiseman. It's that simple. If you make that trade and do nothing else, you are championship contenders, right? Do why why do you get rid of my Wiggins trade so fast? Why don't we just trade Wiggins, then we why get the, the best Clippers of both worlds? Why do the because Clippers want Wiggins? They need salary filler. The real reason for the, the trade is the picks and Wiseman. Okay, but you're taking on a huge contract and basically hamstringing your financial flexibility. For James Wiseman, who didn't look very good this year, and a bunch of picks that aren't great, right? That Minnesota pick is not going to be number one. It's going to be like number eight. Okay, seven or eight. cool. Number and seven a, or eight isn't that great a pick. And and fourteen, that's that doesn't really appeal much to me. Pretty good. The real the real appeal to me is I want to get the late late Warriors picks. I want to get like the 26, 27, 28 Warriors picks. You do that because too. That's what Let's just do the whole out. thing. Do it all. I just I don't see the appeal of getting Andrew Wiggins for the Clippers. I think what you're basically saying is we're going to be in limbo at that point. You could go the tanking route, but like then you're still stuck with Wiggins as a big contract. They owe Luke Kennard a billion dollars. They owe Marcus Morris a billion dollars. Like, keep you're in, stuck with that team forever. Keep in mind, this is Kawhi Leonard going to the Clippers and saying, I am not going to play for you anymore. So the Warriors are going to have some leverage in this situation where if they say, okay. look, you got to take Wiggins, and they'll be like, look, Wiggins had a pretty good year. There's reason to believe that if he's around another, you know, other good players in a good organization, he'll have another good year. It's not, you know, the, the we're not going to be win a title. But at least keep us afloat while we figure out what to do. It's harder for Kawhi to sell this ruse to the Clippers because they can't sign and trade for him either because of the hard cap. They're the most expensive team in the NBA by far. They can't make cap space. This has to be an opt-in and trade. So basically, it's hard for Kawhi to really sell that to them because like, if he just says, otherwise I'm opting out, well, where's he going to go otherwise? He can't go to the Warriors. Well, he'll go somewhere that's not the Clippers, so then they'll end up with nothing. That's well, the, then they I mean, sign that's the trade, play, you know. Well, then they sign and trade him somewhere else. Like, if he says, okay, I'm not going to go to the Warriors, I'm going to go to the Heat. Well, then you do the same thing with the Heat. You trade for all their stuff. Why do players sign and trade? Why don't they just refuse to do it? I don't get it. I mean, it depends on the circumstance. So, in the past, you could actually get bigger deals by sign and trading. This is why LeBron and Bosch did it. You needed the sign and trade to get the sixth year. You can't do that now. But the reason guys sign and trade now is because they want to go to teams that either can't sign them outright or for whatever reason have a financially advantageous reason to wait. Like say you want to use a certain exception or you want to maintain certain bird rights, whatever. Like there are like for the heat, when they got Jimmy Butler, it was just because they didn't have the cap space, but there are a million reasons to do it. It's usually just bookkeeping stuff. And the players are cool with that. So well, yeah, like, if I was leaving, I'd be like, screw you team. I'm not letting you get anything. I want you to be worse now that I'm gone. Well, there was a part of me that thought when LeBron went to the Heat, he agrees to do the sign and trade because it gets him. I think he got an extra year out of it or maybe I can't remember what the exact situation was because he left money on the table. He didn't take the full max. He got the six year. That's what it was. He got the six year out of that deal. But he agrees to the sign and trade and the Cavs get two first round picks out of that. But you see that night, the letter from Gilbert and, you know, the fans burning the jerseys. There was a part of me at the time that was thinking like, well, maybe you're right. Like, maybe now he just says, I don't want to help you. Guys. <laughs> yeah, like, nope. Not happening. Um, but, and there's a great story. I can't remember. It might have been in Windhorse's book. It might have been in another book on that free agency where Dan Gilbert initially didn't want to agree to a sign and trade because he didn't want to look like he was helping LeBron. 
But the GM, whoever it was at the time, I think Chris Grant, talked him into it and just said, like, look, we're not giving up two first-round picks because you tried. <laughs> I think we have to do this, please. Well, please. Yeah, they oh, had to God. do that. So uh, the other part of this for the – well, I'm – I, for the Warriors, the other part of it is, what are your alternatives? Like, I mean, if you Kawhi's obviously your first choice, but let's say the the options are, we can trade Clay to get Kawhi, or we can not trade Clay. We can trade Wiggins, Wiseman, all our picks to get some lesser guy. I'm not even going to say Bradley Beal. I'm going to say like some sub all star guy. Like, I don't know. Like, how desperate are you to get Kawhi for the Warriors? Are you happy to go into next year with Clay? Like, if you have to keep the same team together. Are you happy with that? How aggressive are you? What's your thought otherwise if it's not Kawhi? Oh, man. That's so hard. I mean, this is kind of the conundrum that they face, right? So it's like they have these assets, which are now not as good as they were entering this season. And there's just a limit of like a CJ McCollum. Is that like even a possibility? Well, how much does CJ McCollum help? Because you run into the same problems that Portland has, right? Two small guards. Yeah, but, you know, it's Kerr in the offense. He'll well, be- also, number one, you have Steph, who's, <laughs> I mean, contrary to Brad Botkin's beliefs, Steph is better than Damian Lillard. Number two, you have Draymond, who Portland's been busting after forever. Did you see after the play-in what Dame and CJ were tweeting? After they the, were, like, after the play-in loss, I think. I think that's when it was. They were the- busting after him on Twitter. Really? Yeah. Like, I they have made that. no secret of that. And by the way... Damon CJ are like the two most open recruiters in basketball. It's kind of hilarious. They were publicly rec- recruiting Carmelo for years before he finally got there. I don't know if anybody recruiting Steph Curry from the Warriors is going to be a worthwhile use of time. No, no, I'm not saying Steph Curry. <laughs> they were recruiting Draymond. Uh, I mean, either way, <laughs> they're tied I, together. I don't think Draymond is going anywhere, but I thought that was funny. But yeah, if, if Lillard and McCollum had Draymond, maybe that would solve some of their defensive issues. But, I mean, clearly for the Warriors, you have what, like, maybe is the best offensive player in NBA history. You have to go all in for it. If there is any path to getting Kawhi Leonard, even if that includes Clay, I think you do it. Obviously, you'd prefer to do it without Clay, But regardless, like, whether it's Kawhi or not, we agree that they're going all in, right? Like, that would be that would be such a like test of Warriors fans because like all they're saying is like you have to maximize Steph's prime. You owe him more than this, and then it's like okay, fine, we're trading Clay. It's like no, what are you doing? It's like we're getting Kawhi. Like oh well, okay, maybe not that bad. Can you imagine like let's say there's a scenario where Wiseman develops into a league average starting center, but you never win another championship with Curry? How would fans feel about Wiseman like four or five years down the line? Would they be okay with keeping him on the team as like a reminder of what could have been? I, I think they would hate him. I think they right, would I agree. Kind of turned on him. That's, That's poor guy. Sort of the thing. He seems You're like such a nice kid. It's just You're, not his fault. If you keep Wiseman, you are putting him in such an uncomfortable situation because everybody in that building wants you traded for, you know, whoever it is, like whoever the best player available is. I also think, like, we'll talk about this in more depth when we do a specific episode on the Warriors offseason. If I were the Warriors, I wouldn't be married to the idea of trading all of their stuff for one guy. I think something they should consider is maybe trade Wiseman in one deal and the pick in another and try to get like multiple high-level starters rather than a star. Like I've thrown out Christian Wood. I've thrown out Harrison Barnes. Like I think there are a lot of guys out there that could really, really help them that aren't necessarily superstars. And with Curry and hopefully Clay back next year, I don't think you need another, like, uber star. Yeah, I mean, that's what Bob Myers said in his availability at the end of the season. He's like, we need veterans. He's like, we just need more veterans. They're yeah. playing too many young guys, too many guys who weren't really NBA-level, you know, Right, They're, they probably players. had the most, outside of the true tanking teams, they probably had the most G League caliber minutes in basketball, right? Right. So, yeah, they want veterans, and if that's what it takes to get them, um, obviously they don't have any cap space so they would need to trade in order to get those guys um and that it sounds like that's something that they plan to do but if a guy like Kawhi was like yeah i want to go to golden state i i think they would throw any other plans out the window yeah i mean i think that's a durant level situation where you just say we'll figure it out like yeah. you just get the guy now there is another cap spike which is how they got durant the first time but if you can get Kawhi, i think anything short of including stephen curry you do 
trading Clay Thompson. That would be crazy, man. I mean, this is the last. We can kind of close on this thought. Stephen Curry, we all know he hasn't signed his extension yet. We all think he's gonna. Do you think he will try to exert any leverage on the team and say, like, I will sign when you get me the right roster? It's certainly like, I mean, I don't think it would ever be anything that explicit. I think the the Warriors know that they need to take care of him. And I think Curry's kind of demeanor this year is showing a little more frustration than usual. I think he knows that, you know, he's playing at this all-time level and that it might not last that long. I think he's exerted that kind of pressure on them without actually having to say it. I mean, obviously, I don't know what he does behind closed doors, but I don't think it would ever be anything that overt, but I think it's kind of understood. It's the elephant in the room. is like, hey, we got we to gotta do something here, guys. It reminds me of 2006 Kobe, where he was so incredible and his teammates were so terrible, and he was like clearly frustrated by it all year. And then there was that Game 7 against the Suns, where he, I think he took like one shot in the second half oh, because yeah. he was trying to send a message to Phil Jackson. I remember those games. I think like we didn't quite get to that point with Steph this year, but like, you know, Kobe in 08 or maybe it was 07 request the trade. I don't think Steph is going to get to that point, but like, I wouldn't be surprised if Steph just didn't sign an extension until the Warriors like prove to him that he should. Like, I don't, if I'm Steph, like, why would I want to stay on a 45 win team? Like make the Warriors go out and earn it. Yeah, I could see that. And I think the experience of playing this year is like last year was kind of a wash. You know, he got hurt and yeah. they were terrible and everything. But this year it was like, this is what it looks like being on a mediocre basketball team. Is this what you want for the next six years of your career? Right. Like if if you're Steph, I don't blame you one bit if you, you try to exert a little pressure. And by the way, Giannis just did that to the Bucks, and it worked out really well. They got Drew Holiday. They almost got Bogdan Bogdanovich. That's a whole other conversation. But I think if you're a superstar and you're in that position where you're on a mediocre team, it's on you to force the team to get you talent. And by the way, most of the time it works out one way or another. Either you get to another team or, you know, you're Giannis and you get Drew Holiday or you're Kobe and you get Pau Gasol. Steph needs that, whether it's one more guy or several other pretty good guys. So if I were him, I would be exerting a little bit of pressure. But we have I think that's we've taken this Kawhi thing as far as we possibly can. We definitely if they do lose, especially if they get swept. We've got to do a Paul George trade episode. Is it, yeah, I mean, we don't need to get into it now, but yes, I think any anything and everything is on the table if the Clippers get swept or Wait, even before we go, five games. What is your Clippers panic move if they do lose in this first round? Like, what do you think there? We are desperate to appease Kawhi. Let's throw something against the wall. Move. Like, what do you think that is? Well, I mean, that's what trading Paul George makes the most sense because you can get the most for him, but he's also the guy that Kawhi picked. They keep coming back to that. I just, I don't know if that's changed in his mind after seeing his playoff performances. I've got four words for you. James Harden, Chris Paul. People change their mind. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not my desperation move. My desperation Clippers move is trading for Kemba Walker. Who are you trading? Whoever the Celtics will take. Like for the Celtics, it's just... (laughs) We're getting off of this max contract that clearly is not working for us. And they clearly need to, you know, rejigger some stuff around the rest of their guys. So I don't think they would, if they just got salary filler, I don't think that would bother them that much. And if you're the Clippers, you can say like, we got you guys to star point guard. See? Yeah, that's not bad. That's like, uh, yeah, the like kind of overpaid veteran, former all-star guy. Yeah. Right. Like I think Kemba in general is he's overpaid, but if you're making him the third guy on a team that good, like, sure, I think that could be an interesting fit. Like, I, I don't think the Celtics are good enough for him to be a viable third guy. I think Kawhi and Paul George are, um, especially with all the shooting they have there, too. But I, I do think every you're right. Everything's going to be on the table. And I think we're going to hear some wild stuff if they lose. Like, I think we are going to hear some names that, like, we did not think were available or, like, some super ambitious stuff where it's like the Clippers have offered Marcus Morris and two second-round picks for Damian Lillard. <laughs> like we're going to hear some wild stuff but no here's what we're going to hear we're going to hear from one of the how do i put this delicately you know the, the insiders that don't have blue check marks mm. we're going to hear from one of them self-proclaimed insiders yeah like but they have big enough followings because they've guessed on the right stuff but <laughs> we're going to hear something like the clippers have reached out to the blazers about damian lillard like something where it's like it's clearly nothing, but like yeah, they're saying like they didn't the- pick up the phone, but that was the intent right. when they called. Right. Like we're gonna start seeing tweets like that is what I'm what I'm getting at. Yeah, it's gonna be absolute madness. But hey, look, I grew up in LA. 
it's so sad to see the Clippers on the cusp of greatness. We did this with Blake Griffin and Chris Paul and that whole team, and then it just completely collapsed. Now, I mean, which collapsed they, worse? Like, if they lose this series, man. Jeez. You're saying this Clippers team is worse? It's worse than the three-one to the Rockets. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't compare at this point. I'm just saying that I hope the Clippers turned around because I don't want to believe that there is a Clipper curse, but after this, I'm, I might have to if they get swept by the Dallas if Mavericks they, in the first round. Yeah. They get swept in the first round. I personally would not be trying to play for them. I would just say at this point, there's something going on here. It's weird. Sam Quinn, Kawhi Leonard, panic trade, emergency podcast. I think we did the job. I think we picked out some teams that actually would make sense. But we both agree that it's a long shot. Unless the kind of a podcast, right? We just did this because we needed content in the middle of the playoffs. Hey, it's fun. It's a fun thought exercise. And look, man, it's yeah. the the modern NBA. Anything can happen. Literally, well, anything can happen. We've talked about this before, but Kawhi's first trade request—that was the moment for me when it really crystallized. Like this can happen to anyone. Like there is nobody that is going to stay forever. And by the way, oh Portland fans, you love Dame. He's so loyal. I think it's going to happen for Dame someday. Oh, Curry, like, he's never going to leave Golden State. Well, he hasn't signed an extension yet. Like, nobody is safe. Nobody in the NBA is safe. And that's why we have this safe space, the podcast, where we can come and vent and and theorize about all these crazy machinations of trades. Sam Quinn, thank you so much for joining me on your day off, no less. Well, Colin, there are no days off in NBA transactions. (laughs) No days off. That's going to be the motto of our podcast. Anyway, when thank you for listening. July, that's really going to be true. What's that? When we get to July, that's really going to be true. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's just cherish our time uh, before we get to that point. There will be no more desert drives in July and August. Yeah, unless you're... Never mind. I was going to say something bad. Anyway, uh, time to go. <laughs> the rate, subscribe, do all that good stuff. And uh, hopefully this gave you some ideas about Kawhi Leonard's future. Anyway, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Pleasure as always.